0: What's going on there, Ron Real Nation? CJ here, and I just want to tell you about a project that I've been doing for the last few months called the Podcasters Guild Podcast. Now, I decided not to release it as its own podcast only because I have done so much work to build up Ron and Real, and I felt that it would be a disservice not to share these great guests with you. Now, these podcast guests are the who's who in podcasting. Literally, these guys are on their way to the Hall of Fame of podcasting if they're not already there. Now, in this episode, I am going to be interviewing Brian K. Wright. Brian is definitely one of those people who is a mentor to me. He comes from the Midwest, just like I do. In fact, the state he comes from is just below the state that I was grown, that I grew up with, and to be honest with you, there's not a whole lot of difference between the people in Minnesota and the people in Iowa. So take a listen to Brian K. Wright. This was an extremely fun, and I, it was such a pleasure and a privilege to be able to talk to this amazing, amazing host. Thank you and welcome, everybody, to Podcasters Guild Podcast. Today's guest, I've got Brian Wright on the line with me. Hey, Brian, thank you for coming on.
1: You're welcome. Glad to be here.
0: Now, I've I've really known you now for a couple of months through the Podcast Discovery Center, and I've had the honor of being uh, being on a uh, part of your show for, for a short segment. Now, Success Profiles Radio, how long have you been doing that?
1: I've been doing this since January of 2012, and my goal is to interview world-class achievers, learn what their journeys were like, what they overcame, how they became successful, and what we can learn from the journeys that they've had. I always believe that learning from other people's experience is a lot more valuable than having to go through it ourselves. And so uh, if you if you can learn from other people, that's usually a really great place to start.
0: Now, my first, uh, my first conversation I ever had with you was over a messenger and I got to admit that was one of the more powerful mess, uh, messenger conversations I've had with anybody because you're such a giving person. What, uh, now you grew up in the Midwest in Iowa, right? Yes. Okay. So yes. I, I like to, you know, because I'm from the Midwest, I'm from Minnesota originally. I like to attribute that type of giving and that kind of kindness to that Midwest values. How do, how do you feel about that?
1: I agree. Uh, people, people definitely in, in the Midwest. There's a different sensibility and uh, a sense of neighborliness, if that's even a word. But uh, people are usually very uh, nurturing and very willing to help each other out. I mean, especially during farming season. You know, neighbors get together and we'll harvest your land, and then you'll come harvest mine when we're done. And we, you know, we help each other out, and so that's just how it's done it gets a whole lot faster when you're working in groups and if someone is down or is having a challenge with something you know we help each other out Uh, it's that's just how it is in the midwest and so we just carry that forward which is a good thing
0: well those values have definitely translated over because every time i've listened to the show it's it feels just like that. Like you're helping out and you're giving so much Uh, what's is that, is that something you brought to the show that you really kind of keyed in on or is that just natural?
1: Uh, Maybe a little bit of both, maybe a little bit of both. I I, I have a background as a teacher. And so I think when you understand that the whole giving and wanting to help people uh, aspect of things does come through a little bit more i i bring people on the show that people can learn a lot from and that's really one of the things that i look for in a really great guest in addition to being a world-class achiever all the way around and people who do achieve at that level they are very giving anyway and so they're all about helping and serving and how can i help your audience and that's one thing that a lot of my guests talk about as well let's talk about whatever will serve your audience the most that's, so that's a really great great place to start
0: so when you got started in it, did you expect it to kind of go the direction that it went?
1: I was hoping it would. I didn't know how long it would take. Uh, my goal was always to interview some of the people that I consider to be my heroes. And it took a little while to get there because I, I'm much better at this now than I was when I started. I wasn't bad when I started, but I'm a lot better at it now. It's because I listen back to all of my shows and I do a self-critique. And I'll sometimes listen back and think, oh, I jumped in way too many times or I interrupted this person when I should have let them keep going. And so I am very mindful of things like that so that I don't do it again the next time. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've got this dream list of people that I want to interview. I've got probably 50 or 55. Not all of them are in personal development. Some of them are in sports and entertainment. I've interviewed maybe 12 or 15 of them. I mean, I'm reaching really high on some of these but, uh, yeah, I got to interview uh, former UFC champion Rich Franklin. That was fun. He only had 30 minutes. I We could have easily gone an hour. That was an adjustment because I don't usually interview people for only 30 minutes. I had enough <laughs> questions for an hour. And I didn't let him talk about the thing he wanted to promote as much as I think he wanted to. And I felt a little bad about that because I just ran. I was being very mindful of of the time. But there was just so much that I wanted to talk about. But he did get to promote... Armor gel, which is like a, a, a substance that you rub on top of a wound that'll help it heal faster. Sort of like a neosporin accelerated kind of thing. And American Biolabs makes that. So uh, that was that was great. And so he's we talk about a lot of different things. But yeah, I, I do want the show to go in that direction where I am interviewing amazing people all the time. And my show has reached a point, especially lately, where a lot of people are reaching out to me saying, hey, what would it take to be on your show? Or I know this person could be really great on your show. I probably have a half a dozen people in the hopper that I haven't even gotten back to yet. And I'm booked out for three more months. What am I going to do with all these people? <laughs> except maybe go Except maybe go to twice a week, which I'm not sure I want to do yet. Uh, but it's it it has brought me to a place where I have to decide some things. And that's a great thing.
0: Oh, definitely. You know, and that, that, that's like the episode that I I got to jump in on. It was just for a short segment, but I will tell you, I was so nervous getting on with you because I have, I maybe I made the mistake of going through your YouTube videos and listening to all your shows and knowing all these powerful people you've had on there, and I'm like, well, who the hell am I? I can't, I'm just this guy that does a podcast from the Midwest and. Yeah. But once I got on and, and you kind of brought that out, man, it was, it was such a great experience being on your show. Well,
1: good. I'm really glad. And and what happened there is I had a guest who uh, sort of last minute had to postpone. He had something come up. And so I thought, well, I mean, I've had that happen, too, where someone, you know, a few days in advance says, I, by the way, can we please reschedule this came up or that came up? Not a problem. I usually reschedule them. And I really appreciate when they let me know in advance. Uh, rather than just not showing up, which I had one of those. Uh, that's a different story entirely. But what I did, I decided, well, do I want to do the show by myself or do I want to encourage call-ins? And I uh, talked with uh, Scott Doucette, who is a good friend of both of ours, and I said, this is what I'm thinking. How would you feel if I just put a post in the PDC group, the Podcast Discovery Center group on Facebook, and and just invited people to call in and be on my show? And yes, you can plug what you're doing. He said, that would be really amazing. I said, if I can get five or six of you to call in, that will fill up my hour with no problem at all. And that's what I did. And he gave other people a chance who might not otherwise have a chance to be on my show right now, an opportunity to, you know, have five or five or seven minutes.
0: Now, you you said five or six people, didn't you end up with quite a bit more than that?
1: I think so. I don't. I mean, that was my, my vision. I had quite a few people call in. Uh... I think i did most of the first segment by myself and i think i had one caller that i had probably i probably had seven or eight because i had a couple people per segment after that because i my show is in four segments because i have commercial breaks
0: now what would you you Now you've been doing this since 2012 and since 2012 i know like just from my experience you have those disaster shows you have a good story about a disaster show that you can you can think of
1: I can think of one that almost became a disaster, and I alluded to it just a little bit ago. I had a guest who did not show up for the interview. I do a live show, for those listening who don't know. Most podcasters just tape their shows and release them whenever, but I am on Toginet Radio, which is an internet radio station, so the shows are live. Now, I can pre-record shows. In fact, some hosts on that station pre-record all of their shows so that they can just you know, do you know, whatever else they want during the week, but i the thrill of doing a show live is just inescapable. I just love doing it. So I had somebody who I don't know real well refer me somebody that I didn't know at all who's local. And that was the whole angle. And back then I was uh, probably a little bit more in need of guests than I am now. And so I said, sure. And, and it sounded like he was doing something really amazing and unique. And so I said, sure. And so the show started, and sometimes my producer will get my guest on Skype, and it's usually three or four minutes into the show, and I've already started, and so I'm nervously waiting and, and, and starting to slow down when I'm talking just to give my guest a little extra time to show up, but the guest never showed up. And so what I did during the first segment, I talked about what an amazing show I had the week before with Dr. John D. Martini from The Secret. That was a brilliant, brilliant show. And... At commercial break at the first commercial break. Thank God I have commercials. But during commercial break, I told my producer, let's just pretend that he's not going to show up. And so I found a word document with a bunch of ideas for an info product that I was working on at the time, material that I had not used on my show yet. And so I decided to use that And that was what I did the rest of my show on was just different success and personal development principles that I had learned from other people who had been on my show. So I had a good show. And then what happened is a minute or two before the show was over with my producer Skype chats me and says, your guest is on the line. I said, tell him I'll call him when I'm done. So we talked and he felt really, really bad. And he kind of halfway expected me to yell at him for missing the show. And I said, I'm not going to do that. I mean, you should have been on the show. I wish you would have been there, but I had a great show without you. And that made him feel worse. But here's the piece of advice I always have. Always have extra material to work with in case you run out of things to say or are stuck in a situation like that. Where, you, But guess who doesn't show up?
0: That's, you know, that's one of those things. I've I've experienced that same thing where they just don't show up or. Or maybe our times get off and, well, I don't have time to, so I'll just go out and do a solo episode. And I kind of do that same type of deal where I just punt to something else that maybe I've done previously. Like uh, I'll do a list show or, or maybe a review show, something something on that line. But and to be honest with you, those shows end up being my higher number shows anyways. So maybe there's something to that. Maybe it's those disasters are good for us sometimes.
1: Well, maybe the authenticity factor plays into it a little bit too.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: It it feels more real.
0: Well, yeah. It, it, there's nothing like having to go off the cuff at the last second. I mean, where it really kind of tests you as as a host to be able to come up with something, and especially something like you where you're live. Now, what's that experience of being live? There, I mean, there's a lot of uh, back talk. It seems like in in the pdc and in other groups even that I, I that i'm a member of where it seems like you have this this divide of these are these are uh online radio versus podcasters now there's not mm-hmm. as much of that in the pdc but i mean do you feel that those those two uh um industries can can coexist or do you think that it's something that it, we're going to see it kind of divide and go both directions
1: you know, I don't really notice a lot of that. And honestly, I don't really even pay attention to that debate. Uh, I know that what I'm doing is a choice that I've made. And uh, there are advantages to just having a podcast where you can record an episode whenever you want. I think for me, the fact that I am on at the same time every single week and that it's live, I think some people attach perhaps more legitimacy to it. And I'm not saying that what I'm doing is better. Than having a recorded podcast I'm just saying that there is a different perception if you were on at the same time every single week and you are on an online radio station or an FMAM radio station for that matter there is a certain legitimacy that people do attend to attach to that
0: now I started off with broadcasting in doing radio and things like that so for me it, w- it was always that all oh, those podcaster guys I mean I've been aware of them for a long time in fact I I did an audio blog back in late 2003 but that that whole aspect of being on the radio, it, it's almost like that higher, it feels like a hierarchy almost where, oh, I'm on radio, you're just a podcaster. Now that I'm just a podcaster and not on the radio anymore, I feel I, I guess my passions and loyalties kind of lend itself to podcasting now. Maybe sure. that's why I notice it a little bit more than maybe you do since you're still in that online radio space.
1: Yeah, uh, There are advantages either way, I would imagine. I know that, for example, the AM, FM radio people really poo-poo anything internet-related or they poo-poo anything that's just a podcast and that's kind of how they see it. They don't see it as real radio. Well, excuse me, it is real radio. Uh, Online radio is real radio and podcasting certainly has its place in the market. There are many, many more podcasts now than there ever have been and especially when you decide to look for something that's very, very niched, you can find a show on just about anything you want now. And so if you really, really want to learn more about a topic, you can find a show on any topic you want. So I think that's good because when you're just tied to what's on AM and FM radio, there may not be something that interests you all the time. And then what? (laughs) So, So you're stuck.
0: So when you, when you get these people Asking you questions uh, like the new podcasters, or or maybe someone who hasn't started yet, and ha- or hasn't decided what what format. Because in the PDC, there's a lot of opinions, and yeah. some are some are well. You got to use Libsyn over Podbean or Blueberry or whatever. When you when you talk to people who are just brand new, not knowing exactly which direction you they want to go, what do you tell them? Uh, online radio versus podcasting.
1: Well. Online radio, when you're with an online radio station, they do everything for you. So you don't have to decide whether to go with Lisbon or Podbean. The station I'm on has their own tracking software. So it's it's all done. All I have to do is bring a guest and an idea for a show and go. They do everything for you. Now, you pay for that. It's more expensive to go that route than it is to just put your own show together and make all those decisions for yourself. But then when you are doing a podcast, you have the freedom to make those choices and you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, and, and you should consult people who are doing that. So I would not be a great source of information on you know whether Podbean or Lisbon is better because I don't use either one of them. I don't have to because I'm in a plug-and-play system.
0: I'll admit that that live aspect, it appeals to me. It, it, it's always yeah. appealed to me because of my background. Does Do you feel that 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 adrenaline still I mean since 2012 you've been doing this so we're talking four yeah. years now do you still feel that adrenaline when you when you see that live button or that live mic button and you just go
1: absolutely when my opening music cues up uh, I, that just fires me up and I'm ready to go so that's great and the fact that I get to talk to an amazing person who has something valuable to share and the fact that I've got my questions all lined up and I'm just ready to rock and roll. And so that's the happiest hour of my whole week. It's, it's fantastic. Now, I mean, there's definitely prep time to doing a really great show. Sometimes I think about what it would be like to do a show every single day, but there would be a lot of prep work. And so it's not just one hour times five days. It's one hour times five days plus three hours to three hours times five days for all the prep time. So that would be almost half of a normal work week. And so that would leave me little time to do everything else. And right now, really one of the main reasons I do my show, not only to talk to my heroes and mentors, but to repurpose the content that I have. And I have enough content to repurpose now. My 200th episode is coming up in a couple of months. I have a lot of material to repurpose. And so I don't need to go more than once a week, but now I can be a... I bring on my show.
0: So... You're talking about repurposing content, and earlier we were discussing a little bit so about some some projects that you had in the works. What kind of what where do you think, where do you think this is going with it for you in the future? Where would you like to see this go for you?
1: Question. Uh, I did a book a couple of years ago based off of three of the interviews on my show. It's called Success Profiles, Mental Toughness, and Sales. And that's based on three uh, interviews that I did uh, Jeffrey Gittimer, Eric Lotholm, and Scott Lopez, where we talked about mental toughness and how to excel in sales. Right now, I'm nearing completion of another book, which tentatively is going to be called Conversations with High Achievers. This will be based on 12 of my very best interviews. And uh, I have a publishing deal, so it's not just something that I'm independently doing. My publisher loves this idea for a book, and so that's fantastic when you can get someone else to buy into it. When you have books, when you are a published author, there's a lot more credibility that goes along with it because what you can do is you can get on more radio shows and podcasts like this. You can open the door to speaking a lot more. I plan on hopefully doing a live event maybe sometime next year. I'm also uh, helping people write books. So I have a coaching program where I help people write books, not only repurposing content kinds of books, but books where you are actually writing something, you know, at the keyboard, which my first book was a student leadership book. And so I composed that all by myself without having any content to work with, except my own experience and uh, some of the authors and mentors whose work that I've read. And so, uh, yeah, repurposing content. And having a radio show really is the springboard by which everything else is going to flow. I do plan on having an online magazine sometime in the near future. I bought a domain for a name for a magazine uh, a couple years ago, and I've been just sitting on that, hoping that the domain would not be taken. So I just snapped it up when I thought of it with the idea of using it later. So Media Empire, that's where this is going.
0: So you're go- you're just going to become... A full conglomerate of media. You got radio. Uh, you do your videos. Your videos are absolutely amazing. I enjoy watching those. In fact, I've learned a lot from watching those videos, uh, just on interview okay. style, um, how you how you approach your 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 um, guests, everything. I mean, there's see, and I, like I said, this is a passion. This is something that I do. I don't do this just to hear myself talk, and hopefully somebody else will listen. I I really try to learn what other people are doing and incorporate that to make myself better. Now, I can't think of a whole lot of people out there who do it as well as you do. And thank you. Thank you. you know, Thank you for putting out that great content. I mean, what kind of inspired you to keep going when things felt maybe a little bit hinky?
1: I think just the overall mission, knowing that there are so many people out there who want to hear this content, so many people out there that I haven't interviewed yet that I want to interview. Uh, I'm just not done. So just keeping the vision forward really is what, what keeps you going. And sure, there are times where things go sideways a little bit, but you know what? You own what you can control and you just dismiss and move on from those things that you can't. And if you have a guest that wasn't as good as you hoped they would be which those have been few and far between well first of all they're not coming back on my show (laughs) (laughs) but secondly it just really reminds me that sometimes I just need to vet my guests a little bit better and just because someone refers a guest to me doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a good guest
0: so we're coming up at the end here but I want to finish this off with a story maybe your favorite interview story one that just stuck out to you as this was this is my my grand show
1: Wow, that's like picking your favorite child. <laughs> there are so many, and some of, the, some of my favorite ones are going to be in, in my upcoming book, Conversations with High Achievers, and I'm hoping that comes out before the holidays. That's my goal, my plan. But I would say Jack Hanfield. The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. He was promoting his 10th anniversary edition. That is one of my favorite books of all time. And he was just so engaging and charismatic and knowledgeable. I could ask him anything, and he would he would answer. And one of the things that I asked him, because he wasn't the secret you know, about the law of attraction, and people have their opinions on that project. But I asked him, just very plainly, I said, so, so Jack, why does the law of attraction work for some people and not for others? And his answer was, I think, just brilliant. He said, It's because... When you are asking for something, you need to be operating on the same vibrance of vibrant and the same frequency as the thing that you're asking for. If you are asking from a place of being depressed and sad and you're asking for something really good to happen to you, it's not going to happen because you're not operating from a frequency that will allow that to happen. You need to raise your frequency to meet the level of the thing that you're asking for. I thought, wow, that's really insightful. That's a really cool answer.
0: That is awesome. So take us out here. We're can we find you as far as on the internet? Uh, how can we listen to you on a regular basis? How can this audience really connect with you?
1: Great question. My show is at successprofilesradio.com successprofilesradio.com That takes you to my show page on Toginet Radio. My website is BrianKRight.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-K-W-R-I-G-H-T bryankwright.com And I'm also on Facebook, so you can find me on Facebook. I also have a uh, business page, Success Profiles Radio on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Brian K. Wright. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm everywhere, as it should be.
0: And people, you really, really need to check this out. If you want to learn something, if you want to just reach out to somebody that genuinely cares about people, that's Brian Thank you very much, Brian, for being on the show. I appreciate it. You have no idea how much this meant to me today.
1: Uh, well, thank you, Chris. It was an honor and a privilege to be here. I'm really glad I could serve your audience.
0: Well, that's it, Ron. Real Nation. That is the Podcasters Guild podcast with Brian K. Wright. I hope you enjoyed this interview. I know I had an amazing time talking to one of my friends and mentors. Till next time, everybody, you know what's coming up. You don't have to be perfect to be that perfect solution.